0: It was fairly recently, actually, there was a student who um, who was in year 11 uh, at the time, and he was, I was teaching ICT, as I did for most of my entire life, or uh, entire career, not life, um, and he was in year 11, uh, kind of lacking a bit of direction, and but very, very talented from an IT perspective, uh, so he one day decided to take upon his shoulders that he would um, get around the security protocols of the school's network. hacked, <laughs> Yeah. And then you're in this kind of weird dichotomy. It's kind of like, oh, I'm reasonably impressed with your uh, with your skills. I'm not sure I could, could have done that. But really, you've broken the law. Um, so it was a really difficult situation for me because he'd already selected to do A-level ICT, and it kind of came down to a, should we be allowing this person to continue uh one in the school but certainly then to kind of expand his knowledge and understanding of of systems and it, it it weighed heavily on me for a bit but i i we made the decision to keep him on uh to but to channel that he did his a level and did very very well uh but then chose a different route and decided that he wouldn't go into go down to university he then went into employment but it was only maybe a year and a half ago that I realised how much of a difference I'd made to his life because he got in touch with me and asked me to be a co-signatory in his citizenship uh, application. He was uh, from Poland um, originally and he came to the house, we had a conversation, we went through the application process and eventually he, it got accepted and I went to, was invited to his graduation ceremony and recently he did uh, a five-minute career journey for me but that was probably the moment that i realized that actually the influence that i had really makes a tremendous amount of difference into someone's life that had the decision been made the other way where he couldn't have continued i don't know where he would have been he probably probably he was a very savvy person so he probably would have been of a success in no matter what but that really that was one of the proudest moments that i've had as a teacher Um, And I'm really pleased to say that, you know, he's he's still in contact with me now and he's, you know, he's making a tremendous success of his life. So, yeah, probably that.
1: Great. Well, welcome to the ninth episode of the Adventures in Career Development podcast. So today we're talking about values again. And I've been really lucky to invite Michael Britland from Teach First onto this uh, podcast. And he's going to be talking about his life and career and how values have informed his career. So it's a really fascinating conversation. There's lots to say. Um, But I started off by asking him to just remember right back in his career to his sort of first jobs and to think about how values had informed his very earliest forms of work. And this is what he told me.
0: Uh, First job I ever did was, I I suppose, at the time of a generation that I am, the first job I ever did was a paperboy. And it was only a two week paperboy job while I was filling in for someone's holiday. It didn't go amazingly well, I will say. (laughs) Uh, the, 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 final parting comment of the news agents at the time, which struck fear into me about wondering whether I'd ever get a job again, was you will never deliver newspapers in this city again, to me. <laughs> which it, in it, I think is a tremendous achievement in a two week holiday fill that I could make such an impression that I would never get a job delivering papers ever again. Thankfully, my, my first real proper job, uh, was working, um, as, uh i I suppose we'll call it a barista now but at the time it was it wasn't so grand a title i served coffee to the general public at a um at a shopping center in cambridge so Um, yeah
1: yeah so when you were you when you you were serving coffee what sort of how old were you how old were you then
0: 16. I was 16. I was doing my, uh, I was doing some further study at college, doing a BTEC and performing arts, I believe at the time. Um, And yeah, so I I got a job originally waiting tables. And they obviously, they spotted the obvious talent that I had in uh, chatting to the general public and serving coffee. Uh, And yeah, I I reached the lofty position of senior sales assistant uh, by the time I'd left. I was there for about three years before i went off to university um but yeah it was it was it, it, it was a really really good job i made some amazing friends uh, who i'm still in contact with now but i'll be honest i really i really learned so much about employment and work um that i'd never had a clue about before um and it's, it's weird because you hear some young people and i have in my in my career kind of like denigrate people working in fast food restaurants or cafes and and i kind of thought that actually i I think i probably had the best grounding i could have had um in terms of understanding about hard work and and dedication and and sometimes kind of getting through almost the monotony of a a job but still do it to a a high enough standard um and and have fun at the same time i
1: mean that's I suppose One of the things that we're interested in in, in these interviews is, is this uh, question of values. Yeah. I suppose there's, there's kind of a couple of things that might relate to even even to a job like that. So there's, I mean, you started to talk about values there, like things like hard work and feeling that like, you know, you're sort of self-sufficient and those kinds of things that, that work, you know, definitely can give to people. But so I'll you to sort of think about that. But also, you know, did you believe in what you were doing? Were you really committed to giving people, you know, the best cup of coffee or or whatever? I mean, how, how much were you, how much was it a sense that, that what you were doing was something that you kind of believed in?
0: Well, I'd like I'd like to think that people left me. Uh, kind of better for the meeting, Um, Whether or not they always got the best cup of coffee they could have received, I don't know, but uh, I was always incredibly dedicated to it. I found found that there being a long queue of people and being able to put myself into their position of not being a fantastic (laughs) queuer, wanting to work as hard as I could to kind of get that that queue down as fast as I could, but also maintain the the same level of of quality all, all the way through, but I, re- I really cared about the job. I don't think I don't think I could I, I would have got maybe as stressed as I did while doing it if I didn't care about the people who I served and the quality of the job that I gave. And I'd like to think that kind of the my the, the relative small scale promotions I had at the time while doing it was testament to actually of how hard working I I was. Um, I just I, I wanted to. I didn't like to think that people were left shortchanged by what I was doing, and, and quite often it was, we used to call it the unit, and there were really busy times. There was one person on the till, one person making coffee, and then there was another till as well at the same time. And it really gave me the understanding of having proper teamwork, people working together in order to achieve that, even the relatively small common purpose that we had was, in, was really, really important to, to, for making something success. <laughs> Um, uh, and, and I suppose being a really good communicator is incredibly important uh, to get that done, but also the ability to kind of be resilient and um, uh, ability to take constructive criticism at the best of times.
1: Great. Great. So so let's we'll flip you back forwards again now to your current role. Yeah. I mean let, tell us a bit about what you're doing, but I suppose yeah yeah, let's start let's start by just just learning a bit, bit about your kind of current role.
0: Um, well, uh, I'm really fortunate to work for the teaching charity Teach First, and the role that I have is I'm the careers program lead for the South and South Coast uh, region. Uh, and what I what I do and what we do at Teach First, particularly with the careers leader program, is that we we work with uh, schools uh, in challenging circumstances to um, help them develop a whole school career strategy for change, to kind of build a fair education for all, so to kind of look at how um, we can get or forge links with external businesses and institutions as well as the importance of um, work experience, and just basically put a whole strategy together uh, for change which is supposed to be implemented over a three-year period, so building on on year-on-year Making sure that year seven, when the time they get to year eleven, haven't just had the same careers education mm-hmm. that they had, but you know, kind of building a progression framework in there to make sure that everything builds on year on year. Um, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly, incredibly fortunate to do the job that I do, and I'm also, I suppose, I'm in a, in a quite unique place in the sense that I was also an alumnus of the program. So as a mm-hmm. as a careers leader. Uh, for a school on the south coast, I, I was a graduate of it. Um,
1: mm. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that, that I think is really, I, I've known quite a lot of people who've been in your sort of situation where you've been in teaching and your first your first example that you started us with, when we say, well, how have you trained to change people's lives? How have you you lived your values? Your first job is, is to go, actually, I was in a school. I had a, a kid, you know, I did this thing and, and actually I can see how it, it's affected his life now. You've now moved into this sort of one level removed from that, that role. Uh, So do you feel when you're you're now advising teachers rather than working directly with with young people? Yeah. Do you feel you're able to to kind of achieve more to make more of a difference? Or do you do you miss the kind of hands on being, you know, actually seeing the the pupils and so on?
0: Uh, it's, It's a really fantastic question. It's odd whenever I talk to former colleagues and they kind of you know ask me how I'm doing because they knew how much I really really loved I mean I worked at the same school for 11 years um, and I would only ever have moved uh, to something else had I felt that it would make even more of a difference so just to give you some context on that the school I was working with relatively schools a small school 500 plus pupils um, so being able to influence those 500 plus pupils with the career strategy that I developed for that school along with some key colleagues you know watching kind of watching that grow from year seven all the way through to when they left in year 11 would have been something that would have been really really great to have experienced but at the moment I'm working with 14 schools and I'm able to kind of take the experiences and the professional um practice that I built up over a number of years to influence, and I think on the the last count that I did, it's something like 13,000 students. Um, so it, it, I think that I'm able to extend kind of my knowledge uh, by working with these schools, but absolutely have more of an impact with more students as a result of it. So if I've impacted 500 people at one school are now able to go and do that even more with even more schools Uh, and I suppose that's probably the reason why I've I've I did it the way I do the way the way it's been done.
1: I suppose one of the things that's different when you move to the kind of role that that you've got now is you you can't feel it and see it in quite the same way as when you're actually in the same classroom with, with somebody so how do you kind of I mean you know, one of the one of the concepts that we're working with in this podcast is the idea of making a difference. And so how, how, do, how do you know that you're making a difference? Is it just a feeling or, you know, is, is it something
0: more? I suppose, I suppose it is in, in part a feeling, but, but I mean, the, the, when I meet up with the careers leaders who I'm working with, <clears throat> when we all meet together on a kind of a module day, what is really good uh, is that we listen the first part of that that day, we listened to the stories that those careers leaders could tell, and quite often, um, some careers leaders started the program with almost no no careers experience at all, and watching them grow and hearing the stories that they t- they can tell about the th- the different uh, programs and and events that they've put together, and hearing some of the comments that. that their students have said to them as a result of it, that's that's really when I can tell that a difference is being made. Ultimately, and I think, you know, to be really honest, the difference, the real difference that we can see is probably not going to be seen for another three, four years with those mm-hmm. students, um, because it will probably take that long for maybe the, the, the culture change for some of them to take place, but also are, are those students going to maybe are they more likely to stay in education, employment, or training as a result of what people are doing? We won't know that until until they finish year eleven and, and, and beyond. But anecdotally, that's where I feel it.
1: So you, you said you're you're an ICT teacher, um, yeah. But you've you've moved into this careers area, and yeah. and you know was that move sort of values based? And, and if so, what is it that appeals to you about co- careers that that can kind of where uh, you feel you can do that more than you perhaps can do being a, a sort of conventional classroom teacher?
0: I didn't really know anything. and I didn't really know anything about careers, to be honest, until one day I was walking down the corridor as part of the senior leadership team in charge of SMSC at the time, uh, as well as being an ICT teacher and uh, the deputy head kind of pointed to me and just went oh by the way you're you're in charge of careers now and i hadn't really got a clue about it um and i would say that probably over the the first year i didn't really know what i was doing but what i did find out within that first year was absolutely how much i loved that role and how much of an influence it can have on someone's on someone's life so it really my my kind of root values is that i didn't really get any careers advice or guidance when i was when i was at school like i remember completing a jig cowl um, that (laughs) That one as well yeah yeah uh, uh, which is very interesting and it came out that i should have been a boxer um so it wasn't and i really i don't like being punched at all (laughs) um or punching yeah yeah i know (laughs) um but uh yeah so i i didn't really have any advice and guidance and i kind of felt that we could do better um and and that's probably is one of the reasons why i got into teaching in the first place i hated school from beginning to end when i when i was there i was i'm dyslexic i you know couldn't really read properly or write properly when i was 11 years old and i kind of got into teaching because i felt that i could make a difference and make things better for someone like myself coming up and i and that's one of the reasons why i have fallen passionately in love with the careers Uh, work that we do is because of that that I I genuinely feel that we can do better than what was before and which is a little bit easier considering that you know previously certainly from 2010 you know we've there's been issues so to to be able to make the kind of transformative improvements that we've done is is what drives me.
1: So um, if if I gave you a magic wand and you were thinking about your kind of working life I mean um, you know, I'm not. I'm not probably encouraging you to solve world peace or sort out the, the coronavirus with this wand. But yeah. you know, if you think about your working life, yeah, what would you change? What What would you try and sort of? Um, you know, what would be the thing that I suppose if you had all the time and all the resource in the world that you think you could change through your working life?
0: Um, I would. I would level the educational playing field. I would i would want everyone to kind of st- everyone i mean kind of starts in the same place anyway but i would want the the playing field to be as level as possible maybe to not necessarily sort out the deep, the, the fragmentation of the education system but certainly give every single person the same opportunity as every other person to have irrespective of finance or social standing so, what sort of
1: opportunities are you are you thinking of when you're thinking of there that, that might be denied to some young people?
0: Um, I didn't know any doctors when I was growing up, um, and this is this is no in no way any poor reflection of uh, you know public schooling or, or anything else like that. But I, it would be really really good that um, the students who maybe I've come into contact with um and the 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 students that my careers leaders come into contact with have the same opportunities to meet as many professionals maybe what they would consider to be elite professions as possible That is it's not to say that you know we're gonna socially engineer everyone to be doctors or anything i just would like people to have the biggest and the widest breadth of experiences they possibly can so they can make the most informed decisions that they can
1: so, I mean, when you think about that, one of, one of the, the things we're thinking about is power. And um, I mean, we'll come on to kind of the power that you have in your role. But if you think about that situation, one of the reasons why it's difficult is that, you know, people tend to look after the, the, their own kids and they tend to look after yep. the, the kids of their friends and so on. And so what, what it results in is that those people who are kind of already powered and privileged, um, tend to give all the opportunities they can to the people immediately around them. Indeed, how, how do you how do you go about disrupting that? Do you think?
0: Oh, that is a really good question. I'm. I don't know. I mean, it's it it's. I suppose I'm I'm fortunate in the sense that who I work for are very open to suggestions and very open to. um People sharing their own knowledge, practice, and, and professionalism, and, and that having a good influence on other people. I suppose it's it's about having a moral imperative if you are in a position of power to un to, to not raise the ladder up from behind you, or it may not be raising the ladder, but actually putting one down. That you know you you understand the the position of of uh, not necessarily influence, but certainly the position of i'm trying to find the word um privilege mm. that you're that you have um to understand that actually it's we all do better when we all pull everyone up together instead of pushing people down
1: so we were just talking about power and you were talking mm-hmm. about how you might um how you might uh, sort of you how you might sort of disrupt some of some of the powers that, that give young people some young people a more difficult time. What about your kind of personal power? Um, do you feel that when you moved from teaching into this role, do you uh, did it give you more power? Were you more able to affect change than than you were as a teacher?
0: I think so. Just going back to kind of what I said earlier on about the number of people who I had the ability to, whose lives I had the ability to at least uh, attempt to transform. That number has grown because I've moved into another another role because, you know, the, the, the people who, the careers leaders I work with, obviously, they may have larger schools, but certainly the number of people who I work with means that there's a larger number of students that I can influence. Um, so I, I would say that I'm in a unique position to be able to expand the the ability for for young people to make
1: Mm. kind of more informed
0: choices in their lives
1: so did you ever feel or do you still feel that you sometimes you're bumping up against problems where you think if i just just had a bit more power i could kind of solve that issue or or make this this thing work Uh, you know have you got any thoughts about you know where where if you if we're going to give you more power where are you going to spend it where are you going to use it
0: it would be it, it would be right at the very top it would be the, you know, DFE and, and placing more resources uh, at the hands of the people who who are making the biggest difference and the biggest changes in people's lives. And it might be that, you know, we try and have a conversation about actually how important it is, it is to raise the profile of a careers leader's role. And mm-hmm. um, it might even be to that would just be a simple case of actually saying that, well, this should be a position in senior leadership considering the number of people who you're trying to affect and the influence that it can have and if you get it right if the school gets it right then it can have a a a real positive um impact on on academic outcomes as well as cultural and behavioral
1: i mean it's one of the things that probably if you asked well certainly all teachers and everyone i know in the education system but probably if you asked anybody who works in the public sector yeah they'd give that kind of answer where you say well look if only the government would do this Mm -hmm. because one of the one of the the questions is do you feel in your role that you're able to actually put any pressure on the government or influence the government or anything like that I mean or, or are you always just working with what they'll give you
0: no I think I think we do have some some influence over that because of I think the 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 impact and the outcome changes for the schools that we've we've worked in. And I know I said earlier on that you don't ever, you're not really going to see the real um, outcomes and, and impacts of, of a, a really good career strategy and, and programme to a much later date. But I'd like to think that the powers that be um, have seen what it is that we have done. And can see the real difference that we are we are making, uh, and I, I would hope that they would want to continue the really good practice and good standing that has that mm. has been built up over over what is, to be honest, a relatively short space of time. So I do think we've got some influence over that, and particularly the organisation I work for have got a very good reputation within mm. you know educational circles.
1: So thinking about your career, I mean it sounds like actually your career choice originally was quite quite values driven your, your choice to then move out teaching into this sort of more overarching role again quite values driven And um, do you think is there anything you wish you'd known earlier that that might have helped you to kind of have a you know a career that, that was that, that was even more so even more an articulation of what you were hoping to achieve or or, or was able to make a bigger difference
0: um yeah i was very idealistic when i was younger but i was also quite um a bit of a dreamer so i thought it would be quite easy to to do any job that i wanted to do i just had to put my mind to it and i suppose you know what i would have liked to have known at the start of that that actually that isn't necessarily possible for some people it is possible and it, and it will happen but for the vast majority of people it's not and therefore you need to be able to roll with the punches um make decisions that are right for you at the time. That doesn't necessarily mean that the decisions that you make will all would have always been right. And actually at the end or part way through your journey, they may have turned out to have been the wrong decision. But they were the right decision that you made at the time. And therefore not to beat yourself up over a decision that maybe have turned out to be the wrong one. Um but generally mm. just to go with your gut. Mm. You know because yeah. that is norm- normally normally the right way about it if it feels right then if it feels right at the time it probably is right if it feels wrong then you know why would you convince yourself that it's the right thing to do and you know I made some decisions in in my career which on reflection at the time did feel right but maybe on reflection I, I could have taken a dif- taken a different path but it wouldn't have I wouldn't be here now had I not taken that path mm. originally, and I suppose that's 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 the most important thing.
1: So I've sat here and forced you to <laughs>
0: to go, <laughs> go through this
1: period of sort of self reflection and so on. Indeed, and, I mean it's really it's really useful. And what we're trying to do in these podcasts is is to help people kind of think about their own career by listening to other people talk. Uh, yeah. What we're trying to finish with all of these things is. Um, who would you like to? Uh, Whose who's career would you like to have heard more about? Whose decision would you like to have heard more about? And it could be, you know, it could be anyone living or dead, famous, or or could be someone who works in the next office or from you. So, is, have you got any anyone in mind of, of who you would like to have heard more about their career and their decisions and and why you why you'd like to to hear that?
0: Uh, yeah. i uh, oddly oddly. Um... I would have, re- I would really like to hear uh, more, more from someone like Tony Blair. I, know that's, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I was in, in 1997. It was the first year I could vote, uh, and I, like many people at the time, made that decision to to vote for New Labour. And I'd like to hear more about the value judgments that that he made throughout his career and how he kind of got to where he was. I probably could read his diaries or his book in order to do this, but to mm. hear him to hear him speak about them it was good I'd also had a thought that I'd really quite like to hear from someone like Bill Shankly or Bob Paisley. Uh but yeah certainly I would certainly say Tony Blair or someone like that. Mm. And so
1: is it do you do you have a sense that is it because in politics you think would people be making more compromises around their values all the time as they're trying to kind of progress or?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I said a minute ago about, you know, going with your gut and nine times out of 10, that's right. But I mean, that the, 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 the sphere of influence that I have of, uh, of uh, my gut made decisions mm-hmm. is largely me and now my family, you know, people in positions mm-hmm. of authority, someone like Boris Johnson at the moment, you know, he's making decisions. Yes. With some support from, from people, mm-hmm. but he's making decisions now, based upon people's lives and you know having a set of values and how you made those decisions and you kind of think okay well i'm going to make this decision the sphere of influence that you have the sphere of impact that you have is huge certainly a lot greater than me and my relatively small family Mm -hmm. i mean sometimes it's difficult to when you've got a difficult decision that you need to make and i those kind of decision making questions always seem to revisit me about half one half two in the morning and then they don't they don't really leave me and i've struggled to go back to sleep again thankfully i have an 18 month old daughter <laughs> keeps me wide awake at certain times of night um but if you're in a real position of power and authority and the decisions you have to make how how do you how do you sleep
1: well we'll see if we can get boris johnson to come on and do this <laughs> uh, soon so all right. Well, that's been really fascinating. Thank you so much for, for your time. It's 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 really interesting to hear. And I think there's, there's so much for people to get their teeth in, into about the kind of way you've managed to hold values uh, in your work, right from, well, perhaps not from delivering papers, but at least from serving coffee, Robert, right <laughs> through teaching and now into your work with Teach First. It's been really nice to hear from you. And thank you for coming on the programme. Thank you for having me.